Thanks for listening to Victory's podcast today. Connecting people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus is what we're all about. For more resources or to reach out to us, go to victorychristian.church. Enjoy today's message. Good morning, church family. I am so excited to share a word with you that I feel God has given me for this season. I wanted to start by reading 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 8 through 11. Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Let's start with praying. God, I just thank you so much for your word. I thank you that you have made us all uniquely. Lord, you love us each fully. God, I just thank you for this message. I thank you for what you have taught me. And God, I just pray that your spirit would flow through us right now. And God, that we would hear the words that you would have us to hear. God, that you would impart to us and to our hearts the message that you have for us, that we can fulfill our calling fully in the body. And we can do all things through you, God. We just thank you for your love that empowers us. In Jesus' name, amen. When I was a late teenager, early adult, I had the privilege of going to go see Phantom of the Opera live in D.C. And I had been in theater. I had been in a backstage crew. I had been on stage. And I loved the theater. And so when I went to see Phantom, I was so excited. At first, I was a little discouraged because it was... The orchestra was on strike, and and it was the backup phantom, but I really honestly didn't care. And I remember sitting there, and the whole show just leaned forward, fully enthralled on everything that was happening. And part of that was because I had the experience to know all of the complexities that were going on before me with the the set changing and the lights changing and the special effects and the music and just how it all worked together. And it was such an amazing and powerful experience. And I want to take that and relay it to what I feel like God is going to show us today about the body of Christ. If I were to title this message, I would call it Places Everyone. It's a title, a saying that's used in theater meaning get ready. It's about to start. Everybody at your place, get ready to do your part. And as I was thinking about that and how it relates to the body of Christ, we all have a role to play. We all have a purpose. We all have a place here. We all have a calling, a reason that God has you here at this place, at this time with these gifts. There's a reason. We need to Play, we need each other to play our parts for God's plan to be fully accomplished through us. We talk every week as we pray for area churches about how we're all on Team Jesus, and it's so true. So I was thinking, what makes a great team? Well, every good team has to rely on each other and the members to communicate and to carry out their part. There has to be a good flow, a trust, a communication, just the inner working that that works well. If you've ever been on a dysfunctional team, whether it was the dreaded group projects or maybe a difficult group at work or on a sports team that just didn't mesh very well, you know the heaviness, the frustration, the difficulty, what should be good and, and easy is drudgery. It is difficult, and it shouldn't be that way. Um, 
great teams have synergy. They, they believe that they're better together than they are apart, that they can accomplish more together than they can if they each did their part separate from each other. For good teams to work well, there has to be an intimacy, an ability to be able to read each other and, and know what the other one needs. If you think about a sports team and they're trying to get the ball down the field or the court, as it may be, you know, they have to not only be aware of their own situation and what's in front of them and what's their own barriers and abilities, but they also have to be able to see what's going on with their team members. Who can I pass the ball to? How can we get to the the victory? How can we work together? But they're only going to know that if they know each other. And that kind of flow doesn't happen without intimacy, that deep knowing, that familiarity that comes with the investment of time and relationship that develops trust. One of my favorite jobs was as a ropes course facilitator, and I loved how I could take a group through a journey and, and do things with them through that ropes course facilitation to impart trust and communication and for them to be able to see the strengths and the weaknesses of their team and how to overcome it. And one of the most interesting parts was always the trust fall. If you've never done a trust fall, it's basically you stand with your arms across your chest and you might even be at a height above the rest of your team. And you have to close your eyes and fall back and trust that they are going to catch you. It can be very undoing, especially if you're kind of a control personality. But the thing that's interesting about the trust fall is that you have to not only believe that they're going to catch you, but you have to let them in close enough to be able to catch you. And I think that's so important in our relationships, that we are letting people in, that we are letting people get to know us so that they're close enough to us when we need their help. Proverbs 17:17 17, says, A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. Relationships aren't just for good times. I remember reading a study about friendship and how people marked whether someone was an acquaintance or a good friend and, and what, what was the characteristics, what had to happen for it to transition down into a, a deep good friend. And one of the most interesting things was the, the presence of that person at important li- life moments and not just the good life moments, but especially funerals. Their presence at the funeral of the death of a loved one was one of the key markers of the depth of a relationship. And I think that's so interesting that it's not just, hey, we have a good time together, but they're really there in those moments when you're hurting and you really need help. God made us with the need to know others and to be known. And this is a not-so-shameless plug for our life groups. Sorry, not sorry. We have these life groups for a reason. It is where we do life together. It is where you can be vulnerable. It is where you can celebrate your mountains. It's where you can have support in your valley moments. It is so crucial that we are there for each other. We weren't meant to do life alone. So, Shameless plug, sorry, not sorry. If you're not involved with life groups, we strongly encourage you, get involved, get connected. It's so important because we are the family of God. And in a family, at its best, at its truest design, it's a place where you should feel safe and loved. It's a where you work as a team. There's a shared responsibility. There, as anybody in a family knows, totally different personalities, but there should be mutual love and respect. There should be different giftings, but they're all needed and all valued. And if this was not your experience in your family of origin, I encourage you, let God redeem that. Let him redeem that concept of family and show you how he intended it to be. 
so we can be that here in the body of Christ. It's not a, a codependent situation where there's a blur of identity and, and it's kind of hard to determine where one person ends and another begins and there's a lack of boundaries. It's not that, but it's an interdependence where we recognize that we need each other's gifts, that one person's success is not a threat to you, but it can be a place to celebrate, that one person's um, favor is not a withdrawal from your ability to receive favor. There's not there's not a, a dynamic where one person rises to the rest of us fall down, but it is all boats rise in the tide, if you will. To build a strong team, you must see the strength of, of others as a complement to your weakness, not a threat to you or a position of authority of, or favor. And the other thing that's so important is to be okay with the fact that you have needs. We all have needs. God created us to need each other, to need community. It is one of the core desires is in us is to be accepted and have a sense of belonging. I heard a counselor say one time, don't be ashamed of the needs that you have that you didn't create. God intended us to be in family. He intended us to be in community. And that is a healthy community. The test of intimacy might be for you if you're not sure if you have those depth of relationships. And this is a silly test. It is not research-based. I completely made this up. But how clean does your house have to be for people to come over, for those people that you would call your deep friends? For most of us, if it's a deep friend, we, we really could care less. We just want to be together, that that comfort and companionship is so much more important to us than our need for acceptance or approval. And I just want to encourage you, if that's something that you struggle with, it is something that God has really done a work in my life, that that need for acceptance and approval can only really be fulfilled in God, in that relationship with God. Life has deep situations, and that's why God created us for deep relationships. If you don't feel like you have those deep relationships, I would ask God to help you, to give you guidance, as we need to be careful who we choose for these deep relationships. Not everyone is ready for the lesson that God is teaching you, and not everyone is at a place where they can join you in the journey that you're on. When we all know our callings and our giftings we have a flow with god where we know what his timing is and and that's when such beauty and victory come in our life i'm so thankful for the worship team that stands here each week and blesses us with their gifts there it is not a one-man band for sure it is there's a flow and a reading and they're listening to the holy spirit together and it to me is such a beautiful thing such a blessing But think about how silly it would look for someone to stand up here and try to sing and and play the drums with one foot and the keyboard with one foot. And it, it would look silly for someone to try to play all the instruments and sing at the same time. We're not we're not meant to do everything. So be thankful that you don't have all the gifts, because frankly, you don't have time for that. I don't have time for that. God didn't create us to do everything. He created us to have a need to flow together with each other. And what, think about what it can look like when, when our identity and our purpose is scattered. We're like that one-man band trying to do everything and feeling frustrated. So if that's a season that you're in, just ask God for wisdom about what is your true role. We need to have trust in teamwork, but we also need to trust God. Our intimacy with God is so crucial because he is our source of identity and he is our source of purpose. 
You know, I was thinking about intimacy and fear and trust for that seesaw of intimacy. The more you're afraid, the less you trust and the less that there's intimacy. The distance that you keep people at prohibits the intimacy. But as the trust goes up, the fear goes down, the intimacy happens because the barriers are down and people can get in and those authentic conversations can happen between you and those who God has joined you on your journey and with God himself. I love Psalm 139 where he says, search me and know me, O Lord. The psalmist is giving God permission to search him. Not that God doesn't already know, but it's really he's saying, okay, I'm going to sit and listen to the results. We need to have those moments of pause where we sit with God and we get to know what he is saying about us. God wants you to know your purpose. He's excited about how he created you. I remember when I was in college and I was really struggling trying to discern a major career shift focus. And I went to my campus pastor and said, I really don't know what to do. And it's been a number of years and his words still ring to me when I, when I'm in that place of decision. And what he said was, the will of God is not a wild goose chase. He wants you to know. Just ask him. Just sit. Seek and you will find. So what I would say to you, going back to our theater uh, theme today, is know your part and play it well. The word for God in the New Testament, where the verse that I that read in First Peter, where it talks about ministering the strength that God provides. I heard a pastor's preaching on that, and he was talking about how it's, it's a word that means the like choreographer, the great choreographer. And in those days, when they did play in theater in, in those days, the choreographer or the director of the play would supply everything that was needed for the play except the actors. So God is our great choreographer, and we are the actors. He has supplied everything that we need. It says in Second Peter 1, 2, and 3, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, seeing that his divine power has granted us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the knowledge, true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. We all have to play our part. No one else can do it for you. The worship team can't give God your praise. Pastor Mike can't, can't say your prayers to God for you. No one can do that for you. you. Those are your things to do. We need to own our part. We need to step into our full calling. If I go back to the example of the Phantom of the Opera, you know, the actors had to study their lines. They had to delve into the character that they were portraying. And we need to learn who God has made us to be and to know our part in the kingdom of God. But we can't do it alone. It would have been really awkward at Phantom if the actors were on stage and they were singing and they were acting, but there was no lights, there was no costumes, there was no special effects, the set never changed. It would have completely lost its dramatic awe. Every part in the body of Christ has action. There's no sedentary parts. We need to know our lines. We need to know the gifts that we have, the gifts that others bring to us, so that we know when it's our line and when it's theirs. You know, if you go to a preschool play or something like that, it's so adorable when the kids forget their lines. But if you've ever been to a professional or adult play, it's kind of awkward if the adults forget their lines. So what if you don't know? What if you don't know your part? Ask God. Take a discover class. Do a spiritual gifts inventory. We're here to help you. We want you to know that. But ultimately, I would ask, what is your passion? What is your greatest passion? Because that's likely part of your calling, because it's part of who God made you to be. What would you do 
if you had no one to judge you and you couldn't fail? What is it that lights you up? What would get you out of bed in the morning if you were super tired? What is it that you just are excited about? We need to figure out what God has put in us and what gifts and callings so we can stir those up and play the part that we were meant to play. But I would also encourage you, as you make that discernment, to work to silence the directives, the expectations, and the opinions of other people so you can hear the great choreographer give you your next step. You can't play your part until you own your story. The details of your story don't create a ranking in the kingdom. Well, you did this great thing, so you advance one step. Oh, you did this sinful thing, so two steps back. It's not a board game. It doesn't work like that. But there's an authority that happens when you own your story because you reconcile that all of your past experiences have molded you for your now moment. And your shame has no power when you own your own story. It doesn't mean that you're proud of your sin, but that you, you take an authority. There's a power that comes from a gratitude that that's not who you are anymore and that your sin wasn't the end of your story, but rather part of the plot line until now. And there's such authority when we claim our healing like that. We don't identify ourselves as that person in the past because God continues to heal and grow us as we submit to him. But pretending those things never happen keeps us from being thankful and humble and determined not to backtrack. We can't long for the familiarity of the past and dare fully into our future. Here's some things I want you to consider today. Who's writing your role, your job description? What's the list? of roles and responsibilities that you play? Do you feel like you have grace enough for today? Or do you feel like you're living exhausted, overwhelmed, defeated? Is your life a storyline that you would watch? Not that life is all jazz hands and, and fake smiles and, and like theater, but it is daring fully into the adventure of your calling that captivates other people and inspires them. Maybe you've played a role for a long time and you're, you're eager for a change or you feel like God is pushing you into a new role or a new, a new thing and you're unsure like somebody who's trying to learn dance steps for, for the first time. But I would say let God lead. Let him lead. Let him change your steps. When you go to a theater, you get a bulletin of who or a program of all the actors and the, about them and the role that they're currently playing, all the roles that they've played in the past. You know, the same thing was true for us. There's a lot of roles that are temporary in our life. They're seasonal. And though some roles may stay the same, they still change. Our role as parents, it changes as our kids get, get older. Other relationship dynamics change with time. Jobs may be temporary roles. But our role as a child of God is always permanent. So it may look different in different seasons. I was thinking about jobs that have become irrelevant. Lamplighters, telephone operators, there's no need for them anymore. But these earthly jobs get phased out. But none of the gifts and the assignments of the body of Christ ever become irrelevant. God always has them. There's always a reason for you to be where you are. And maybe you know what God has called you to, but you're experiencing some stage fright. I would like you to ask God to help you with that, to help you live in your destined role is the greatest fulfillment you can have. We can be comfortable or we can be victorious, but we can rarely be both. We also need to know the timing of our role. In, in the theater, there's, there's such a key timing of entering and exiting, of speaking and of pausing. 
and we need to ask God to be sensitive to what, what's my now moment. What's my now moment? Maybe you feel like you're a racehorse stuck in the stalls or you're, you're waiting backstage for your cue. You just, you know what you, what's in you. You've got that dream and you're just waiting it to birth into reality. I think about David, who was anointed as king way long before he ever wore a crown. Wait on God for the right time. It's worth it. It's absolutely worth it. Maybe you're tired and worn out. Maybe you just need a break. You know, even front stage roles need off stage time. Your life is not a monologue. Give yourself permission to rest. You need to know the dynamics of when to move and when to rest. And seek God for wisdom and for discipline to have rest and margin. It can be so easy to run life at 100 miles an hour and lose God and lose purpose and lose focus on the way. Moments of pause are time to take inventory of ourself and our relationship to God and our relationship to others. In the medical field, whenever there's an accident and the EMS come, they do a full body check to determine the presence of injury so they know where to focus their help. Family, we've been through some times in these last 10 months. Maybe it's time for a full body check. Because when life feels chaotic, we need to check in with each other. Because if one part of the body is in pain, it should get attention of the whole body. And just like it's true in the natural, if there's one part of the body that's failing to do its job, it's going to cause sickness and stress and illness in the rest of the body. Your role matters. We need you. We need each other. And our productivity cannot be the measure of our success. Not all of us will harvest what we sow, but we're all called to sow anyway. 1 Corinthians 3, 6 says, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. But what if you're burned out? What if you just feel lost? What if you have no idea what's going on? I think those are common feelings right now. First, I would say look to God, your choreographer, and see where he is directing you. But don't look for his leading to always look the same. I was thinking about when God led the Israelites out of captivity and into the wilderness. He led them by a cloud by day and a pillar of fire at night. He is your guide when the situation looks cloudy. He is your light in dark places. But it may look different in different seasons. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But he doesn't often do things the same way twice. He loves to be creative. He loves to work uniquely and differently in different seasons of our life. And we need to be sensitive to that. The seasons of pressing can make us feel weary. And that's valid. So first, if you're in that season, I would encourage you to make sure you're carrying your own luggage. It's easy to take on more than what we're supposed to. Ask God, what should be in my hands? Second, surrender to the process. Maybe it's grief that's not resolved, that God's calling you to resolve and deal with. Maybe God is pruning your heart. Maybe it's growing pains. The places that God takes us, Usually we, can't, we have to let some things go along the way so that we can receive what he has for us in the future. The seasons of pressing, I find, are times when he's pressing out from us lies and contradictions of his character that we've believed. You can't take them with you where he's leading you. So he's pressing them out like they would take olives and press them and make fresh olive oil that is useful. The oil of these seasons of pressing and challenging and difficulty are where he is pruning us and unpacking what we weren't meant to carry. I believe that the oil that's pressed out in these seasons mixed with his promises is the oil of anointing of your purpose. There's such power and authority in the places where God has brought you freedom. It's, sometimes it's hard to, 
to see or feel God in the difficult circumstances. I remember a time where I was calling our dog Shiloh. He had been in the yard, and I was calling him, and I was calling him, and I was starting to get concerned because usually he comes right away. And I was starting to get concerned about where he was and his safety. And, and so I eventually I looked down, and he was right beside me, behind my leg the whole time. Have you ever looked for something, and it was right next to you, and you couldn't see it? We call out to God, but he's already there. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. The God of peace, I find, doesn't usually come into my circumstances loudly, but he waits for me to settle so he can speak. In theater, there's a phrase, light, camera, action. And I want to use that today to help you discern perhaps where you are today. So, light, look to God as your light. Camera, where are you focusing? Action, take your next step to get started. Some next step examples might be, baptisms. We've done a lot lately, and we're thrilled to do some more. Joining a life group, leading a life group, learning more about God's word. Maybe it's talking to that neighbor or coworker that God's placed on your heart. Maybe it's getting help to overcome an addiction. Whatever it is, take that next step. You belong. Your part matters. The curtain is open. It's your scene. It's your line, and we need you. What if you feel like you don't belong? You don't think that your name is even on the roster. Or maybe there's a pause in you to step out because you feel limited in some way, like like you don't belong, like you're not enough. I would encourage you that something that God showed me, that there's always four places that you belong. One, it's a place of purpose. Exodus 9.16 says, But I have raised you up for this very purpose, that I might show you my power and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. He has a purpose for you. You wouldn't be here. He wouldn't have made you if you didn't. He doesn't make junk. He doesn't make worthless things. He makes things for a very specific purpose. He is a very critical timing, on-time, purposeful God. The second is the place of peace and provision. I thought about the 23rd Psalm where he talks about he leads me beside the still waters. He causes me to, to rest. He causes me to do all of these things. And he prepares a feast in front of my enemies for me. Everything I need for peace and provision, he gives it. The next one is a place of presence. Psalm 84 talks about how my soul longs and faints for the presence of God. And better is one day in your courts than thousands elsewhere. We were designed to worship. We were designed for the purpose and place of God to be in his presence. It's where we're restored. He knows that. And that's where there's a longing. That longing is only filled in his presence. You belong in his presence. You have rightful entry into his presence as a child of God. The last is a place of power. Luke ten nineteen says, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. The proportion of your passion determines the proportion of your power. God is looking in this season to pour out into open vessels. I believe these are and will be the greatest seasons of history of the outpouring of God and the move of God. He is ready to give you your big break. He is ready to upgrade your stage, your area of influence as you step out in faith and obedience to him. I love the scripture that says, open your mouth wide and I will fill it. That's such a great, great scripture where God wants to fill us. He wants us to be expectant, not just for a little bite. Open your whole mouth, open it wide, and he will fill it. It's easy to feel disqualified, and the enemy will always tell you that you don't measure up. As I heard a wise pastor say one time, 
you are not qualified to disqualify yourself. I think about Abraham. He was like, I'm too old. And God made him the father of nations. Moses said, but God, I can't speak well. But God used him to lead generations out of captivity. Gideon said, but I'm the least of my clan. And God used him to defeat mighty armies. Mary said, but I'm too young and I'm not married. But she became the mother of the Messiah. Peter was hot-headed and impulsive, but he was who God chose to be the rock on which he built his church. God is in the business of raising up the underdog, the least likely to be victorious, to show his power and his glory. As we close today, I just want to encourage you to pray that God would give you the wisdom, the passion, and the courage to step fully into everything that he has for you. If you have never taken the first step in saying yes to God, I want to tell you how to do that right now because it is a critical first step. You know, we are imperfect and we serve a holy God. And there's a God that loves you. He loves you so much that he knew that you would make mistakes. And he knew that you would need him on this journey. And that your, your sin and my sin would be a barrier to that relationship. So he sent Jesus, who was perfect, to die on a cross as a punishment, as the justice for our sins. And it, all we have to do is receive that gift. Jesus rose from the dead and he sits in heaven and he imparts that authority and that promise of his presence and his love to you. All we have to do is receive it. It would be like if you were in jail for something you did wrong and somebody paid your bail. They bailed you out completely. All you had to do is walk out of the cell. That's all you have to do today is walk out of the cell. The door is open. God has made a way for you. All you have to do is pray a simple prayer and just say, God, I'm so sorry. For the sins that I have committed. I am so sorry for the mistakes that I have made. Thank you for the gift of Jesus on the cross. Thank you for the gift of salvation. I receive it today. I promise to walk with you. To let you lead me in this life. To be my great choreographer. If you pray that prayer today. We want to celebrate with you. If you would please go to our site. To victorychristian.church. And click on next steps. We would love to connect with you and walk with you on this journey. It is amazing, and we would be so excited. If you are already walking with God and ready to take your next step, to step fully and boldly into all he has for you, I want you to stand up as we pray, wherever you are. Unless you're driving, don't do that. (laughs) Just stand up in your heart. If you're physically able and safely able, stand up. Stand up as a sign to you as a sign to your church family, as a sign to God, as a sign to the enemy that you're taking your rightful place. This is your mission and you choose to accept it. I believe as we pray, the armor of God is going to come and that you will receive all that you need for this moment to take your next step. You are equipped. You are ready. Our adventure awaits. Places, everyone. Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you so much for each person that's listening to the sound of my voice right now. God, I thank you that you have imparted specific gifts, that you have imparted specific visions, specific passion to each one. God, that you lead and you guide us each step. You equip us with the wisdom that we need, the resources that we need, the peace that we need. You give us everything that we need to move forward into the purposes of God. Your word says that you give us everything we need for life and godliness. And so we claim for that right now in the name of Jesus. And God, I just ask that you would just cause the lies of the enemy to fall away right now. Or that your truth would rise up in the hearts of each person listening. God, that they would know fully what it is that they are called to. That you would give them courage 
for the next step. Lord, that they would hear you cheering for them. God, I just thank you that you are such a, a God of encouragement, a God of peace, a God of love, and that you are the great choreographer. And so we look to you, God. What's our line? What's our next step? And that we celebrate in advance all the mighty, wonderful things that you're going to do in and through us in this season. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to connect with us, just go to victorychristian.church. Have a great day.